the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. Welcome aboard. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860, The Answer, KPAM, La Patrona 1640, 93.1 El Rey, and 104.1 The Fish. And I'd love to talk with you about getting more people back to your church, sharing about your ministry through our free online church directory and our church service live stream directory, Expanding your ministry or business beyond your walls, establishing yourself as an authority in your field, and becoming more known through radio. Building awareness of your company or outreach by hosting our events at your location at no risk to you. Marketing your message or brand directly to your target audience through the latest and most powerful online tools of Salem Surround. And most importantly, if your ministry leader or pastor could use a phone call, a word of encouragement, a cup of coffee, or a connection to others, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. One of the great privileges I have at this job is to catch up with old friends. In this case, welcome Pastor Jared Boltman of Morningstar Community Church. It's located in Salem on 27th Avenue Southeast at Kubler Boulevard. That's right off of I-5 exit 252 in Salem. And we're very excited about this upcoming event in its second year, The Lights at Morningstar, presented by Johnson Family Orthodontics. And that'll be from December 3rd until the 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve. So welcome back, Jared. How are you today? Fantastic, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. It is really an honor to be here and to share about The Lights at Morningstar. Well, we're very excited about this event, which is free of charge, and especially coming off of a couple of years worth of pandemic closures and restrictions. I love the fact that the Lights of Morningstar is an event that brings families out and together. So can you give us the big picture? What's the view from 30,000 feet for the Lights at Morningstar presented by Johnson Family Orthodontics? Yeah, we when we planned this actually in September of 2020, with only two and a half months to to go until we opened, we really wanted something that was going to be uh, family-oriented, something that would bring people together, bring the community together, something that was free, something that was fun, and something that could give people some hope and some joy. Uh, when everything was closed, there was there was really nothing else to go do, and so we wanted something that would that would really bring people together and be not just something that was for the community, but really something that was partnering with the community. So that's uh, that's been a, a real honor to be part of this team and going out and, and sharing that vision with businesses in our community. And, and we've got quite a few people that have, have caught that vision and are, are helping us to put this on. So it's really exciting. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Jared. It's generally unheard of to slap something of this magnitude together in just two or three months straight. Yeah. So now that the Lights at Morning Start is entering its second year, are things easier? Are things 
different? Have things been added to the program? Yeah, the story is the same. And so this is kind of unique in that, first of all, it's a free Christmas lights drive through event, but it's also, there's a story, there's a theme to it. So as you're driving through, you're, you're hearing this story um, through the app on your phone or for maybe technologically challenged folks, we've got a CD that they can play in their car to actually hear the story as they're driving through. But to have that be free is pretty, pretty rare from what we've seen. And so in the second year, we're adding pieces and parts. Uh, I'm not going to say exactly what, because it'll be a surprise, but um, as people first come onto the property, they'll see some new things right away as they're waiting in line and uh, they get some free hot chocolate and a candy cane and get to not only experience uh, the joy and the hope that every single person needs, but also um, have some new, new adventures this time around as well. So if you've never enjoyed such a Christmas light show as the lights at morning star, then you're guaranteed to enjoy it from the safety of your own vehicle with your friends or relatives or loved ones. You can take multiple trips if you want, enjoy some hot cocoa and there won't, be a need for walking around so even if the weather isn't the warmest you've got a heated car so that'll be nice and comfy enjoy making some memories together especially for the kids and at the same time if you've come last year to the lights at morning star there's some new bells and whistles to make it fresh yeah yeah it's it's it really is a fun you, you said memory making and that's one of the key things that we that we see is important. We had so many uh, kids that wanted to take their grandparents after they went with their parents and uh, groups of friends that came. There were a couple of limousines that came through and just kind of, it, it was a fun experience, but uh, yeah, the, the, the chance to just, I mean, don't we all look at Christmas lights and even if it's just in the back of our minds, we think that brings us back to a fun, special memory as a kid. And so uh, when you can, when you can experience that again, it just, it's great to be filled with joy and, and uh, just have fun with it. So yeah, it's memory making for sure. Or at least in an ideal world, it should bring you back yeah. to good memories. Yeah. But in the real world, we've all got baggage yeah. and stories and things that we might regret doing or happening to us. But that's okay yeah. because we're all fallen vessels without the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So yes, it's a story about an elf. But it's a story of encouragement and of hope altogether. And there are other wonderful programs throughout the Pacific Northwest that are more directly biblically entertaining. And that's okay also. But when I think about what's going on at the lights at Morningstar, Jared, I equate it to what we do on, say, 104.1 The Fish. It's very welcoming to the average person in the Northwest. And I think that's on purpose, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely on purpose. We want... We want to build bridges rather than barriers. And so we want to uh, create opportunities for people to be able to see just those common themes that we all have need of, hope, joy, belonging, worth, value. We're, We're all asking those questions and we're finding them in different places and sometimes we're finding those in destructive places. But uh, when we can, when we can address those issues through this story. And then at the end of the story, we do share the gospel. We give people the opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And we've got people that are going to be there and, and ready to pray for somebody and answer questions that they may have if that's something they're ready for. But we're not going to hit people over the head with it. 
We want to present something that is beautiful and give people the option to receive that or not. All the details are online at mstar.church. That's mstar.church. And Jared, something that you had mentioned was in addition to wanting to be a blessing to the community, that this was an opening for people to also contribute. So can you tell us about the church's relationship with Salem Angels in particular? Yeah, so Salem Angels is a is a wonderful new ministry. Just just over a year ago, they started. We partnered with them last year as well. And they wrap community around those who are experiencing foster care. And so it, this is something that cares for the kids that are a part of foster care. It cares for the foster parents and and really it provides for all of them in practical and tangible ways with love boxes and this tangible things that they need partnerships creative uh, relationship building and getting to know those families and so the amazing thing about a free event is when people go through something that they enjoy and they see that hope and it's free oftentimes they want to give back because people have good hearts when they see what god is doing in places and so people gave almost $23,000, and that went all directly to Salem Angels to be able to do what they do to care for people. So that was so encouraging to see that people just said, hey, I know this is free, but I want to give $5, or I want to give, you know, I've only got a dollar, or I'd like to give $20. People, people gave. We don't ask. We don't ask for that at all. But there is an opportunity if somebody wants to give, they can do that. So we have actually information. Let me Add an additional website, if I may, Mike, uh, specifically the lights at morningstar.com is specific to this event. And when people go to the lights at morningstar.com, they can actually see and learn directly about Salem Angels from there. And they can uh, learn about all the ministry that Salem Angels does. Salem Angels is part of a larger nationwide network uh, where each city kind of does their own care for people in the foster care system. It actually started in Texas. I think there's now almost 30 cities across the country that are caring for the foster community in this way. What a wonderful outreach. So basically, the church and partnering local businesses put together this free light show last year, and as a result, then-fledgling new ministry, Salem Angels, benefited of more than $20,000? Yeah, yeah, almost just shy of $23,000. It was it was amazing. So when we put this together, we wanted it to be, uh, sometimes people do things to the community, which is bad. We say, I, I've i got an idea. I'm going to place this on the community whether they want it or not. That's not good. Sometimes people do things for the community. They see here's the need of the community, and we're going to meet that need. That's better, but it's not the best. And so we are really wanting to do something with the community. We see the need the community has. We find like-minded people and partner with them. And so that's why Johnson Family Orthodontics is such a great uh, leader in this. We've got so many other businesses that say, yeah, we want to help bring joy or hope to people. We want to help out with the foster care system and and families that are experiencing that. Or we want to be able to share the gospel or we want to, you know, they've got all different reasons, but they're, they're seeing this need and coming together to help out. We've had the privilege of an interview with Salem Angels on Difference Makers before, Jared, and maybe you don't have the calling that a Brooke Goldsby does of being able to foster kids on your own and add to your family. And God bless those who are really called to do so. However, maybe you can drop off a box to a foster family or 
watch kids and give them a date night on a weekend or something like that. So all of us can help in different ways. And it's okay if you're not called to actually foster children on your own. So tell us about the relationship with Johnson Family Orthodontics, which has picked up the presenting sponsor title this year. Yeah, yeah. They're our presenting partner. It's been great to get to know Dr. Cole Johnson on a couple different levels. I've really appreciated his just transparency in his own uh, life and his experience with foster care. And he has a heart of gold to care for kids that are experiencing foster care. And so they, with their practice, they will uh, help kids get braces and they've got a whole program that's flourishing with that. And so when we shared with them what we're doing with the lights at Morningstar and, and how this is going to benefit the Salem Angels foster ministry, he, he kind of lit up and just asked questions. And we had a good conversation for, for over an hour on uh, how he could partner and how they could be just really bring this to life and make it happen. Because this is not something, you know, our, our church, we don't put any money towards this event at all. It's all everything that puts this event on is these businesses that are partnering with us. And so in the businesses, are bringing the finances to allow us to do the work of building the sets and the designs and coming up with the creative aspects and, and all of that to put the event on. And then the community comes and watches it and experiences that joy and hope and then donates out of their own free will to do so. That really is the community coming together. And, and so, yeah, Johnson family has, has done such an amazing job of, of saying, we want to be the presenting partner. We want to go above and beyond and, and really make this possible. And so it's exciting to see what the community can do when we come together, because we've all seen, Mike, so many things that have divided us in the last year or two and uh, placed wedges or built barriers. But when we can build bridges uh, for the good news of Jesus Christ, it's it's a pretty exciting thing. Well, that's for sure, Jared. And besides Johnson Family Orthodontics, who else deserves some props? Yeah, we've got quite a few. We've got, uh, I think, 15 businesses now that are part of this. Johnson Family Orthodontics is our presenting partner. Some of our other key sponsors are Blum Real Estate. They've been with us uh, for both years. Maduri Farms has been with us for both years as well. Those two are are some of our high-level sponsors. We've also got Jackman Wealth Management, Marta Guajardo Real Estate, Triple D Construction, Adams Hill and Hess Personal Injury Law Firm, Point S Tires has quite a few locations around the whole Oregon and Washington area, Mountain West Investment Corporation, Sailor Jack's Oceanfront Inn in Lincoln City, United Rentals, which is all around the country. Those are all some of our big sponsors that are part of this. We've also got Hands on the Dash Delivery, Bailey Chiropractic, Edward Jones, Thrivent Financial, Kubler Early Learning Center, Boone Ridge Senior Living, Windermere Pacific West Properties, Salem Heating and Sheet Metal, Kilgore Blackman Building Materials, Prior Pipe, and Pacific Source Health Plans. So quite a few people from all around the community, different types of businesses are all seeing the need for this and and helping out. Speaking of helping out, if someone wanted to contribute either monetarily or physically, how do we get in contact with you? That is a great question, and thank you for asking that. Uh, people can go to thelightsatmorningstar.com, 
click on volunteer and they can sign up there. They can also, if they want to work at the event itself, there's lots of different places welcoming people to come to the event, handing out hot cocoa, directing traffic, those kinds of things. People can do that also on the same website, the lights at morningstar.com. And there's uh, 13 dates this year. So we've added two from what we had last year. So it's the first three weekends, the third through the fifth of December, as well as the 10th through the 12th of December, and then the 17th through the 19th, but it'll also continue during the week. So it'll actually be the 17th through the 23rd of December. So we've added some midweek dates. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Pastor Jared Boltman of My Church Morningstar Community Church, located on 27th Avenue at Kubler Boulevard in Salem, which is just off of I-5's exit 252. The Lights at Morningstar, presented by Johnson Family Orthodontics, is a family fun Christmas lights drive through event that takes attendees through an eight-step audio-visual adventure. It is absolutely free of charge. Hot cocoa and candy canes will be safely distributed through the car window as participants listen to an original story and soundtrack about a Christmas elf on a journey for self-worth. And that's from December 3rd through the 23rd. All the details online at thelightsatmorningstar.com. That's thelightsatmorningstar.com. So, Jared, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule today. Is there anyone you want to say hi to or send a shout-out to? Uh, My wife, Rihanna. I love you, Raina, and my daughter, Maya. I love you as well. Feel free to join us for Sunday morning services at 9 and 11, and all the details are at mstar.church. More information about Christmas light shows coming up on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. I'm Mike Lee, and we've got two very special guests in our studios from the Apostolic Faith Church in Portland. We have Katie Hinkle, who is back. She's managing editor of Apostolic Faith Church. Next to her mom, Jody Hinkle, who, among other things, is a Sunday school teacher. So welcome, ladies. How are you today? Welcome. Doing good. Thanks. Yeah, doing great. Well, first of all, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to come to our studios and share some wonderful information. And I've got a couple of websites I want you to write down. I'll also make sure to post them on our Facebook page and on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. And those websites are apostolicfaith.org. That's apostolicfaith.org. And also christmasonthecampground.com. That's christmasonthecampground.com. So, Jody, your daughter is an old pro at these yes. things. She's interviewed multiple <laughs> times with our stations. But tell us a little bit about Christmas on the Campground and what it means to you. Yes. So we started Christmas on the Campground uh, back in 2009. I believe that was our first year. And it was a memorable year for us. The first year it was outdoors. We did a nativity pageant outdoors. We had little scenes. And people would walk from one scene to the next. And over the years, it's evolved into a fun family night where we've got a petting zoo. We've got a nativity pageant indoors, um, hot cocoa and music, live music, train rides. And it is a fun time for the family to come. My family has been participating, the entire family, since 2009. 
That's myself and my husband, my son and his wife and their kids, three kids, and my daughter. We dress up every year in Bible character costumes, and we all participate in the nativity pageant. And uh, I've, I've really seen a lot of good come from Christmas on the campgrounds over the years. First of all, just in my own extended family, I have seen many of my relatives come to Christmas on the campground and watch the nativity pageant where they hear the full gospel story, people who have never gone to church, who don't go to church, and they don't hear about Jesus. And besides that, I've also seen the good that it's done in our Sunday school department. These children all know the Christmas story now, and they know it by heart, and they know it scripturally. So I can remember one Sunday morning, the preacher got up to preach, and he read from Luke, and my granddaughter was about six years old at the time. He said, Grandma, he's reading our Christmas play. Why is he reading our Christmas play? So the children are really learning the gospel. And just recently, I was working on our July magazine, so it hasn't come out yet. And I was reading the testimonies that are going to come out in the magazine. And I came across one testimony. It's by Melissa Voris. And she tells how she had tried to tell her grandma the gospel again and again. Her grandma would have nothing to do with it. But when we started Christmas on the campground, she came every night, every year, and eventually that woman got saved. So we love Christmas on the campground. It's a fun time. It's a family time. And it's doing a lot of good. That's wonderful, Jody. So Katie... Do you remember the very first time that you got involved with Christmas on the campground? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe it was 2008. I was oh. a Sunday school teacher at the time. Was it 2009? I think, well, you know, right around there. Um, I was a Sunday school teacher, and it was a humble beginning. We were, um, I was assigned one of the scenes. I was the manger scene, actually. So we were outdoors that year, and it was very cold. We decided we did not continue with the outdoor event uh, much longer. Um, yeah, and we just sat there. I was with the manger scene, so we had a little Mary, a little Joseph, and several animals. And we sang, I think we sang Joy to the away, World. Away in the manger. Oh, we sang Away in the in manger. In the manger. We had Joy to the World playing in the background behind us <laughs> while we were trying to sing Away in the manger. <laughs> over and over and over for all yes. the different groups that came by. So it was fun. It was fun. It's gotten more fun over the years. <laughs> I I have a funny story from that night that actually it was going to be my worst moment of the night, but it ended up being my best moment. So Katie, she she roped me into this, to helping her with the manger scene. So halfway through the night, all the little children who were in their little animal costumes got tired and laid down flat on their backs in the manger and refused to get up and refused to sing. So it was just Katie and yeah. I, a duet of Away in the Manger. We are not in the choir, Mike, no. <laughs> for a reason. The kids were on strike, practically. They were on strike. So a group would come around. Here's all these little animals laying laying flat. You know, it was it was like they were laying in the hay. They were all asleep, yes. really. It was an accurate portrayal, probably. We, we would sing a, a duet of Away in the Manger mixed with Joy to the World. Because Joy to the World was playing loudly in the background. <laughs> and I kept switching between songs. And we had a moment where everything was just going wrong. Someone in the group started laughing. We started laughing. Pretty soon, everybody was taking pictures of the adorable children. 
And it turned out to be a wonderful night. <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. Not only for what Apostolic Faith Church has done for the community over the years, but also as a bonding experience for you as a family serving together. Yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. I think for the people who actually get to be in Christmas on the campground, it's all, I mean, it's fun to come and attend for sure. And a lot of families do come a night that they're not participating. They come just so they can experience it as a guest. But the memories that you make, the Christmas story that you learn and you keep with you, the songs, it's great to be involved in for sure. I'm so glad. And hopefully the weather will hold up for what you're doing this year. Apostolic Faith Church is located at Duke Street at 52nd Avenue in Portland. And what can we expect to see this year, Katie? Okay, so after we just described how wonderful Christmas on the campground is, this year we are not able to have people on our property because we usually get huge crowds of people and it's just not possible with the pandemic situation, the health restrictions. So we have decorated the whole front lawn with thousands of Christmas lights And we are just inviting families to come by. You can walk along and view it from the sidewalk or drive by from and have the street view. We have the tallest decorated Christmas tree in Southeast Portland and a huge nativity scene. So it's really wonderful to just drive by and enjoy and music will be playing. Usually around 430 music comes on and the lights are on by dusk. So we've seen quite a few people come every night and um, just enjoy the beautiful lights And we really hope that we'll be back to having the live nativity play and the hay rides or the train rides and all of the other elements at Christmas 2022. But in the interim, what a wonderful musical visual light display people have to drive by in the safety of their own vehicles at their own pace. So thanks for continuing to do what you're doing. And when they talk about thousands of lights, you've really got to go to the website, apostolicfaith.org, and also the website, christmasonthecampground.com, to get any inkling whatsoever of how many thousands of lights you have hanging up there. It's huge. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And since we work there, since we work at the office, we get to see it every night. Mm -hmm. It really is beautiful, stunning. So. How many days is this going to continue? Like, What's the final day that people can see this light display at Christmas on the campground? We'll have the lights on for the rest of the year. So through December 31st, the lights will be on every night at dusk. Okay, so it's from dusk till what time approximately? You know, I don't know Dawn. when the lights go off. The Dawn. lights are on all night long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're I'm on. not they're there. I'm bro. never there when they go <laughs> off, but um, the music does turn off at 930. So... You'll want to be there before 9.30 to really get the full effect. But Mm -hmm. the lights are there to be seen. Mm -hmm. Very nice. So tell us how the church is doing nowadays. How's Pastor Dave Lambert? How's the Mm -hmm. rest of your crew? Yeah, everyone is doing great. Um, Obviously, it's been a difficult year and a half. We had a lot of restrictions last year. But at this point, um, our church is fully open again. And beginning next week, our Sunday school will go back We've had Sunday school in large groups that were distanced, and starting next Sunday, we're going back to the individual classrooms with six to eight students for all ages. So um, we we are feeling really optimistic and really glad to see things returning back to normal. Well, congratulations on that. I know it's been a difficult period of time. Mm-hmm. So has Apostolic Faith Church adjusted to minister to people and fellowship in different ways throughout the last year and a half worth of pandemic? Definitely. Well, at the beginning, we had online Sunday school. 
Yeah. For the older people, we had online Sunday school with Zoom-type meetings. But for the Sunday school children, we created Sunday school videos for them and then showed a different video every Sunday. There's different things that we've done. Plus, we had a team get together and, and make meals for people and take meals to people. There have been different things. I love the fact that you've rolled with it. You haven't stood pat and done nothing, but you've done what you could and reinvented yourselves if necessary. So thanks for what you're doing in the community with the Apostolic Faith Church and also with your radio ministry. Christmas on the campground at Apostolic Faith Church, located on Duke Street at 52nd Avenue in Portland. Certainly a light show worthy to be seen this year. Enjoy the music from sundown till 9.30 and the lights, they just stay up. Find out more information at apostolicfaith.org and christmasonthecampground.com. More information about Christmas light shows coming up on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. I'm Mike Lee, and from the Apostolic Faith Church in Portland, we have Katie Hinkle, Managing Editor of Apostolic Faith Church, next to her mom, Jody Hinkle, a Sunday school teacher. Katie has shared with us before, Jody, but you're new to our studio, so Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, when did your faith become your own, Jody Hinkle? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I actually became a Christian listening to KPDQ Radio. Uh, I knew almost nothing of the gospel, and one day I heard a KPDQ program, which happened to be Truths of Trans- Truths That Transform, and at the end of the program, I prayed. So let me give you a little background. Uh, the first I heard about God, I was eight years old, and I visited Sunday school, and the teacher told us about God and heaven. And she described heaven as so wonderful that from the moment I heard about it, I wanted to go there. The trouble was I didn't know how to get there. I didn't have anybody to tell me. Now, during the class, the teacher had made a comment, something to the effect of, uh, if you want to please God, you'll, you'll try to be good, something to that effect. So at that point, I made up my own religion, which is I will be a good person. I'll try to be a good person. And if I'm good enough, I'll go to heaven when I die. And I stuck with that religion. I always had it in my mind. I'm going to get good grades in school. I'm going to obey my parents. And someday I'm going to go to heaven. And for example, when I became a teenager, my friends started doing drugs, going to parties on the weekends, getting drunk, lying to their parents about where they were. They offered me drugs. They invited me to do these things with them. But I had in my mind, I'm going to be good and I'm going to get to heaven someday. And I can remember thinking back then as a teenager that I don't have an assurance that God is real. I don't have any assurance that heaven is real. I don't know if being good is the way to get there. But if that is the bar, then looking around at my friends, I'm pretty good compared to them. I will probably be one of the ones that gets to go. So that was my religion. Now, fast forward to the day I got saved. I was 23 years old. I was married. I had two small children, and I went to work one morning. And as soon as I walked in the building at 8 a.m., I got into an argument with a coworker. And uh, actually, I'll, I'll say a little bit what the argument was. My husband had loaned them some money, and they hadn't repaid it. So the argument was over money. 
at that time, I had a very bad temper, which I have no temper now. So people who know me now wouldn't even believe I had a temper. I couldn't imagine that. You're just so soft-spoken. Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as I walked in the building, we started the argument. He, he wanted to borrow some more money. And we we worked in different parts of the building, but we continued the argument off and on every time we came across each other throughout the for the next three hours. And it got very heated. And finally, I was just so furious that I stormed out of the building, got in my car, started driving around town. And while I was driving, I continued my side of the argument. I was yelling at the top of my lungs. I was beating my fists on the steering wheel and the dashboard, waving my hands around. I was throwing anything in the car that was near me in my little my little cubby. Uh, and I was yelling at this person. After a time, I turned my yelling to my husband because he's the one who had loaned the money. And at this point in my life, I was a very unhappy person. I was not happy in my marriage, and I was planning to divorce my husband. So I started yelling about, well, I'll be rid of him soon, and and I'll be rid of all my troubles, and I'll be happy. And while I was doing this, it suddenly occurred to me, is God against divorce? I didn't know. And if I get a divorce, does that make me a bad person? Does that disqualify me for heaven? I didn't know. So I turned my anger on God, and I started yelling at him, who are you to sit up there so far away from us, never having anything to do with us until after we're dead, and you make all the rules? I should be the rule maker. I'm the one who lives with the rules. I should make the rules. And why don't you have anything to do with us until after we're dead? Why do we have to wait to find out if we chose the right path in life? I need answers now. I need to know, is divorce going to disqualify me? And what's wrong with divorce anyway? And then I started thinking about some people that I knew around me who were doing things that might be wrong. I wasn't sure. I'll give one example. I knew of a couple who was living together and they weren't married. And I had heard someone say that they were living in sin. So I said to God, are they disqualified? Are you against that? And why would you be against that? So I listed about five or six items. And by this time, I had really worked myself up with the yelling and the banging on the dashboard. And I decided I'm going to listen to some music and I'm going to calm down. So I turned on the radio and my station didn't come in. Great. Somebody's has borrowed my car, they didn't ask permission, and they changed my radio station. Perfect. So I pressed the preset button. It didn't come in. My radio station didn't come in. So they've reset my buttons. <laughs> that's, that's beyond. So I turned the dial to my station and still, just static. So then I tried to tune in anything at all. Move the dial up and down. Static, static, static. So my radio's broken. Right then... As I was looking down at the radio, very frustrated, the car in front of me slammed on their brakes, and I looked up over the dash, and I saw a bumper sticker right next to their brake light. I slammed on my brakes. The bumper sticker said, KPDQ, 93.7 FM. Of course, it's 93.9 now. (laughs) And I thought, well, that's obviously a real station, or it wouldn't be on a bumper sticker. I'll tune it in. If that doesn't come in, then my radio is broken. I tune it in. It came right in. I had no idea this was a Christian station, and I would not have continued listening. I would have gone to my own station, except it was a talk show that day. It was a question and answer session, and the first question was, is God against divorce? And if he's against divorce, why? And a man answered the question, and he said, because it hurts people. God doesn't want us to get hurt. 
And then he gave statistics about how people uh, have low self-esteem and how the children get hurt, that sort of thing. And then the second question was, is God against living together before you're married? Why would he be against that? And the, the other man answered, and he said, well, it hurts people. And he gave statistics about how if you live together first, your marriage is not as likely to last. Uh, so they went through all my questions, and they answered them. And by the time they were done with the program, I was back at work. I pulled into the parking lot, and I had a lot to think about. I was very stunned, and I realized that God hears us, and he can answer us. And it wasn't that he didn't want to tell me the way. It was that I had not invited him to. And as soon as I began speaking to God and I invited him, he answered me. And I realized that God is big enough to orchestrate events. I started thinking, when did that person put that bumper sticker on their car? How did God know that I would be driving around that day? I'd never gotten my car and driven around before. Did God start the argument? Did he break my radio? So he's big enough that he heard me, he can answer me, and he cared enough that he took time out of his busy day for me. There was one other thing that they said in the program that really struck me, and I started thinking about it. They said, if your heart is filled with hate, it doesn't matter how good you appear on the outside, you are a sinner, and you are going to hell. And I knew that my heart was filled with hate, and I knew that that was not something I could control. So I started thinking about that and about the bad things I'd done because I was filled with hate, and also that I had been calling myself a Christian with my heart filled with hate, and I began to feel sorry and ashamed, and I began to pray. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry that I called myself a Christian, and I tarnished your name, and I'm so sorry for the hate in my heart and for the wrong things I've done to people because of the hate. I don't want to be this person anymore. I don't want to do these things anymore. And from now on, I'm just going to follow you, and I'm going to do what you want me to do. And I said, I don't know what makes a person a Christian, for real, what gets a person to heaven, but whatever it is, I know you will do it for me. And I was not expecting anything from God. I did not know that I was repenting. I did not know that repentance brings forgiveness. I was not expecting anything. But the moment I finished my prayer, I felt forgiven. I felt surrounded by love and acceptance. And then I felt a touch on my heart, and I knew 100% if I die right now, I'm going to heaven when I die. And the Lord, he took all the hate out of my heart right then. He replaced it with joy, and he changed me right then. And I'll tell you one change that was different that very day. I got out of the car, I went into work, and I went into the office, and I began working with everybody else, and we had separate offices, someone came in from the warehouse and they were injured. And I could see that they had their sweatshirt wrapped around their arm and blood was coming through the sweatshirt. And everybody in the office rushed to them to help them. But I didn't because the moment I saw that they were injured, I felt something in my, in my heart, in my stomach. I was moved. And I thought to myself, what is that feeling? I've never felt anything like that before. What could it be? Well, as the months went on and I had that feeling again and again, I learned what it was. It was empathy. So I had never had empathy that I could remember for anyone, not even my children. But God, in a moment of time, changed me. 
So from that day on, I no longer had to try to be good, try to watch everything I did and everything I said and try to be better than the people around me because God changed me on the inside. I didn't have to try to control my temper and not throw things because I wasn't angry anymore. I didn't have hate in my heart anymore. So there you have it. <laughs> that is an amazing testimony, Jody Henkel of Apostolic Faith Church. And for me, it's a wonderful, if not sobering, reminder of what a privilege it is to work in ministry. And why do we do mm-hmm. what we do, whether it's working with a Christian radio station or setting up a Christmas on the campgrounds, or lights, or shows, or concerts, or Bible studies, or youth group activities. Why do we do what we do? And if we just whittle it down to, to know Jesus more, and to make him more known. And I'm just flabbergasted that here you mm-hmm. are, this incredibly peaceful, soft-spoken woman, professing that you had major anger management yes. issues yes. before knowing Jesus. Yes. And like so many people out there in the mainstream world, you just think, well, if we're good people, we go to heaven. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a very common fallacy. I think it's very and common, you tried too. so hard, but yes. then you realized when Jesus came into your heart, the game totally changed. Mm-hmm. So if you were to guess daughter Katie Henkel, how old were you when your mom had the salvation moment? Oh, I was three years old. I don't have to guess. I was three years old. I don't remember her ever not being saved. I have no memories of not being raised in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. So is your brother the older one of the two? Yes, he is a year and a half older than me. I doubt he really has many memories either of our mom before she was saved. This is the mom we've always known. That's wild. So what did your husband think of this? I'm curious. It was pretty funny, actually. It was pretty funny. So I did not know that I became a Christian in the car. I didn't know what happened. I knew that I prayed and I was different. I knew that I'd had an encounter with God, but I didn't know what that meant. So I kept it to myself. I didn't tell anybody. But meanwhile, I suddenly was very hungry to hear the gospel and to read the Bible. So the only Bible I could find in the house was a children's paraphrased Bible So I got that out, and every evening I began reading the Bible for hours and getting up early in the morning, an hour before work, and praying for an hour. And here is a funny little story. As I read the Bible, I didn't know any of these characters in the Bible, Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, no one. I knew no one from the Bible, and I wanted to understand it, and I didn't know Are these characters I should remember? Are they going to come up later? So I started making a little family tree chart. And I started it on one paper, sitting at the dining room table. And when it got bigger, I taped two papers together, and then three, and then four. And it took over the dining room table. Pretty soon there was not enough room, so I taped it up to the dining room wall. So my husband is not saying anything, but he's watching me every day. Suddenly, I'm reading the Bible for hours. I'm praying for an hour. I've got a big Bible chart taped to the dining room wall. And I would say things like this. My husband said, you know, we bought this house as an investment. We said we were going to be here for five years, so it's time for us to sell. And I said, okay, I will go inquire of the Lord. And I went into the bedroom (laughs) and prayed. I came out and said, no, the Lord says no. My husband was shocked. He said, okay. Well, you and the Lord do what you're going to do, and I'll sell the house. The house was on the market for a year. Not one person looked at it. Then one day the Lord said to me, it's time to sell the house. The house sold in 28 days. 
and we were in our new house in 28 days. So anyway, it was a 100% change from night to day. But after three months, I said to my husband, I don't know what's wrong with me, but something is terribly wrong. I said, I can't read the same books. I can't watch the same movies. I just have a hunger to read the Bible. I said, I don't know what's wrong with me. And he had a secret. He said to me, so you don't know that you became a Christian? You don't know that you got saved? I said, I don't even know what that word is. I don't know what that means. And he said, did you pray at some point and ask Jesus into your heart? I said, yes, I did. So he had a secret. He knew all about the gospel, and he hadn't told me. And he he eventually became a Christian. He is a Christian today. That's wonderful. And he, he said that he knew I had become a Christian because living with me was like going from night to day. He saw the change. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Jody Hankel. Mm-hmm. And if it's any reminder to me of anything, it would be that no one is beyond the touch of God. No one is beyond redemption through Jesus Christ. No matter who you are, where you are, what you've done, what family you've grown up in. That's right. No one is beyond the redemption mm-hmm. of God. And the Lord is speaking to everybody. When we do Christmas on the campground, we don't know how many what people are thinking when they come. But the Lord is speaking to those people. And he's speaking through the radio programs. The Lord is working. And uh, he's he's going to orchestrate events. And people are going to get saved. We won't know until we get to heaven. Thank you so much for sharing today. Jody and Katie Henkel of Apostolic Faith Church. Make sure to tune in to Reverend Dave Lambert every Sunday morning live from 11 to noon with the Apostolic Faith Worship Service on 93.9 KPDQ, which has been on so many years on our radio station, it is an absolute staple of what we do. So on our way out, uh, is there anyone you want to say hi to or send a shout out to? Starting off with you, Katie Henkel. The well, daughter. normally I say hi to my mom because I'm pretty sure she's the one that always tunes in if she knows I'm going to be on the program. So we'll just say hi to all of our friends from church who are listening. Mm-hmm. And I want to be sure to say hi to my son, Cameron, and his wife, Debbie, and our three granddaughters, Harmony, Grace, and Charity. And can I tell you that two granddaughters got saved during the pandemic watching our church service on the website. I love it. Yeah. All right. So maybe in an ideal world, we're able to fellowship more freely, but the live streams and the radio ministries, they have had their positive aspects as well. Absolutely. Yes. So maybe in December of 2022, we can have you back telling us about what's going to be reopened at Christmas on the campground at Apostolic Faith Church, located on Duke Street at 52nd Avenue in Portland. Certainly a light show worthy to be seen this year. Enjoy the music from sundown till 930 and the lights, they just stay up. Mm-hmm. Your poor electric bill. God bless your <laughs> church for financing this. Well, it's a lot less than the usual bill for Christmas on the campground. So, <laughs> Find out more information at apostolicfaith.org and christmasonthecampground.com. And thanks so much for listening to Difference Makers. Three 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.